This week's comment, Living on the Edge, by George Packer, from part one of the New Yorker magazine's double issue for February 8th and 15th, 2016. It's upon us. About one-half of one percent of all registered voters in the United States, 96% of them likely to be white, 100% certain to live in Iowa or New Hampshire, will now exercise their inalienable, God-given, legally mandated right to choose the presidential nominees of the two parties. Since the advent of the New Hampshire primary and the Iowa caucus as we know them, in the 1950s and 70s respectively, no one has been elected president without winning one or the other, except Bill Clinton, whose second-place finish in New Hampshire in 1992, amid various scandals, was a victory over expectations, and proved that he was indefatigable. So is the political hegemony of these two smallish, non-representative states." If the presidential nominating process were an international sports competition, one would assume that top officials of both parties were taking envelopes of cash from town chairs in Durham and precinct captains in Waterloo. But, amazingly, all this outsized clout comes free. Direct primaries, the selection of candidates by voters instead of by party leaders, came into existence a hundred years ago. They were the inspiration of reformers who wanted to take power away from political machines and corporate interests and return it to the people who were believed to be wiser and more capable than the bosses because they were less self-interested. The act of voting would turn ordinary people into good citizens. The direct primary will lower party responsibility. In its stead, it establishes individual responsibility. George W. Norris, a progressive senator from Nebraska, wrote in 1923. It lessens party spirit and decreases partisanship. In many ways, the progressive era anticipated our own. The concerns about plutocracy, political corruption, technological change, and mass immigration were similar, and the reformers' high-minded cures were forerunners of today's ideas for limiting campaign funds and drawing congressional districts in nonpartisan ways. The struggle between bossism and reform never ends. As late as 1968, Vice President Hubert H. Humphrey became the Democratic presidential nominee without entering a single primary— the party then created a commission, led by Senator George McGovern, to democratize the process. One result was the Iowa caucus. More recently, Republican Party leaders have had their way in election after election, with the nomination going to establishment candidates named Bush, Dole, McCain, and Romney, regardless of the populist eruptions of the moment. Perhaps 2016 will be different. Now that we're entering the frenetic, relentlessly tactical stretch of the campaign, it's strange to think that the long months before Iowa and New Hampshire actually marked the substantive phase. Candidates had to show up for lengthy debates, even if their answers often ranged from the canned to the preposterous. Every now and then, they gave speeches and issued position papers on issues like tax reform and war in the Middle East, even if their ideas didn't always stand up to fact-checking or common sense. And because the candidates were spending so much time in just two states, they had to face questions from actual voters. As a result of all this, we now have a reading of the American political temperature. What we've learned is that it's burning a lot hotter at the grassroots than either party's leadership seems capable of understanding. Neither billionaire donors nor the Republican National Committee nor Fox News has been able to mute Donald Trump and his millions of supporters.
Politico notes that establishment Republicans have begun a ferocious round of finger-pointing over who is to blame for the party's failure to stop Donald Trump. Should Right to Rise, the $100 million Bush super PAC, have directed its dollars against Trump instead of against Marco Rubio? Should Rubio have been more willing to criticize Trump and Ted Cruz less willing to flatter him? Which is preferable, fear, Trump, or loathing, Cruz? The latter, says a recent issue of National Review, that was wholly and belatedly devoted to stopping Trump. Bob Dole sees it the other way around. The party leadership expected the primaries to proceed as a kind of demonstration of democracy, with the result already in the bag. Shock is finally giving way to rage. Democrats are more used to choosing outsiders, like Jimmy Carter and Barack Obama. But the long-shot campaign of Bernie Sanders is the opposite of those insurgencies.